You want to think of not easy, tough, difficult, disappointing, hard. Here's some interesting words about life. You may recognize them if you're of my generation because they were words of a song sung by somebody who those of you my age would grow, grow up hearing sing. It starts, that's life. That's what people say. You're riding high in April, but shot down in May. But I know I'm going to change that tune when I'm back on top, back on top in June. I said, that's life. As funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down because this fine old world, it just keeps spinning round. That's life. I tell you, I can't deny it. I thought of quitting, baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird and then I'd fly. Hey, I didn't write them. I'm just reading them, okay? <laughs> That's life. That's life. And I can't deny it. Many times I thought of cutting out, but my heart won't buy it. But if there's nothing shaken come here, come this here July, I'm going to roll myself up in a big ball and die. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing, each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. Is that life? Is that an accurate description of, of what we go through every day? Is life a series of random ups and downs and we survive because we have the strength to get up and face another one? How do you respond when life interrupts your life? The unexpected downsizing at work when uh, you're called into your supervisor's office and said, we just eliminated your position. Or what about when you're faced with a worldwide pandemic? How do you respond? Or the loss of a spouse or a child or a mother or father? Or what about that time when the diagnosis just comes as a total shock and you weren't prepared for it? You weren't ready for it. And it was the furthest thing from your mind. How do you respond when life comes at you at full force? Those are times when life doesn't seem good or wise. And let's be honest. Those times in our life, it causes us to question God's faithfulness and love. I know I'm not the only one. I know every one of us have faced those times. 
Those are times when we think, God, this really isn't what I signed on for when we placed our faith in you. I wasn't expecting this. This is, this is not the course that I want to take. It's events like these that cause us to think that God isn't paying attention and that the bad guys are winning. Am I the only one? I mean, can I get some head shakes? Yeah, okay. I mean, we think in our minds, and maybe sometimes we've said it out loud, this can't be grace. This can't be love. I'm a child of God and my life should be easier and more predictable and definitely more comfortable. Ever thought that? I'm, I'm being honest with you. I have. I, I, I've thought that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to join me in the book of James. I'm going to read some verses that I think give us a Bible perspective of when life interrupts our life. James is writing, and I always like to remind people when we read stuff like this that really gets up close to us that this is inspired scripture. This is what God wanted us to know, and this is what God wants us to know when life, about when life interrupts our life. James writes, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower fails and its beauty perishes. So will the rich man fed away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he, tempts, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then the desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother. Let every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We're going to look at a few other verses later, but it sounds to me like 
the writer here, James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, anticipated and expected that we would all face as believers times when our life was interrupted by life. He expected, I believe, things to get a little messy and hard at times. And if we're honest, if we read through the Bible and understand, that's what the Bible teaches. I mean, I feel sorry for those people who are told when they're by folks when, you know, if you just get saved, all your problems will go away. That's a lie. The Bible never promises that. If you get saved, you may have more troubles than you ever thought about. And I think James and being inspired of God, God anticipated that and understand that and plan that. And I think sometimes when life gets tough, we forget that those struggles and those hard times are a part of God's plan. And we forget that. And we don't understand that. We must never allow ourselves to think that the hard times that we are going through are failures of God's character or of his promises or of his power or of his plan. But I bet every one of us here knows someone and maybe that's the person that stares back in the mirror at us that has taken that approach and that path and it didn't end well. But that's the way sometimes we think. We must not allow ourselves to buy in to the possibility that God is not trustworthy or is not as trustworthy as we thought he ought to be. We cannot allow ourselves to do any of these things because when we begin to doubt God's goodness, we will soon quit going to him for our help. And I'm just going to be very honest with you. That's exactly where Satan wants you. I find the hymns we sang very interesting. Because we sang them. The first one we sang was, Guide me thou, O great Jehovah. Did you really mean that when you sang it? I mean, listen to some of the words. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me. Journey through. Be still my strength, my shield. Be that. Do, we, do we follow God and trust God that way? When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside. Does that, is that an accurate reflection of how we approach the trials of life? And the other one is, is you know, he knoweth the way. Whatever the loss, whatever the cost, draw me closer to you every day. Is that, is that where our heart is when we're going through tough times? Sometimes we need to maybe pay a little more attention to the words of the hymns we're singing. Because we're making some commitments here to God in some of these songs that maybe that's not where our heart is. 
when life interrupts our life, we need to remember that God allowed us to live in a fallen world, to continue living in a fallen world. God, frankly, could have had the right when Adam and Eve first sinned, boom, we were done. No more humans. Because they understood some things already that if you disobey God, there's consequences. And, and that's a whole interesting conversation that takes place there when God seeks them out. But he allowed them and by carrying on us to live in this sin-infected world. When he saves, when we get saved, he doesn't immediately take us out. He leaves us here. And we need to understand, as hard as it is at times, that's a part of his plan. And it means that those hard places in our path are not interruptions of his plan or a failure of his plan, but rather an important part of his plan. That's hard thinking. That's not easy. It's not natural. That's why it's so hard. But we need to remember that. And let's be honest. When life interrupts our life and we're facing hard times, we have all cried out to God for grace in the hard times. And you know what I'm going to tell you? God always gets it and gives it to you. It just may not be the grace you expected. It may not be the grace we were looking for. Because I don't know about you, but me, I want the grace of relief. God, take this away. I can't take this. Or I want the grace of rescue. God, I, you need to rescue me from this. This isn't fair. I can't handle this. It's too painful. It hurts. God knows what we need is a grace of transformation. And that's why he keeps us there in that crucible so that we can be conformed, better conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, because that's his purpose for us on this life, in this life. And so we get the grace for transformation. We just don't want it. and We don't understand it. And it's not easy. God's grace is not always pleasant or fun. But it's always grace. And it's always not getting what we deserve. I like what one author says, God's grace often comes in the form of something we would never choose to go through if we controlled the joystick. There's a lot of truth to that. And that's why I believe James could write, brothers, sisters, fellow believers, when you meet with trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces something for the glory of God. And he says, you know, it allows you to be steadfast, holding on to him, not something that you stir up within yourself. Man, I'm going to stay on this path if it even if it kills me in my own. No, it's God staying steadfastly connected to and in tune with him. And that steadfastness brings about a perfection or maturity. 
And it brings about a completeness, which is a Christ-likeness. So that we are lacking in nothing that we need. How do we know that? Because we're holding on to Him. Who planned our life, who gave our life, who chose our path, who promised to accompany us every step on the way of our path, who knows what's around the corner on the path, who has prepared us and given us all the resources for the path that we're on to be successful in His terms, not the world's terms. Paul hints at the same truth when he writes to Philippian believers in Philippians 1.6 where he says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it up to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. There are no failures there. It's just the work of God. And there's even a harder part to this, and this, this is probably it, is we need to teach and encourage one another with this kind of theology. And I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a tough time, and I, I've said this many times, the last verse I want to hear is Romans 8, 28. But it's the most important verse that I probably need. And when we know our brothers and sisters are going through tough times, we need to be bold enough and courageous enough to step in their, in their lives and encourage them and focus them back on the one who knows all about it and who has the solution. I mean, as we read through the Bible, we see many examples of God's grace in uncomfortable situations. Pastors preaching through the Psalms on Wednesday night. How many of those do we find the psalm writer in a tough situation? And yet we learn that God hasn't abandoned them. God is there. God provided a rescue. God encouraged. God brought some. I mean, we just see it work out. Look at the life of Job. That wasn't fun or that wasn't hard. Are any of us going to say that God's plan for Job failed? Not if you read the end of the book. And of course, we understand the beginning to know it was all a part of God's plan. It wasn't easy for Job. It wasn't fun for Job. It was very painful for Job. But it was God's plan. And God was there. And God set the boundaries. And God rewarded Job's steadfastness. Another thought that I like on this whole subject is God, the grace that God gives may not be what we want, but it's always precisely what we need. Because that's the way God is. And we need to understand in times when life interrupts our life that God is still faithful. He's faithful. He will use the brokenness of the world that is our present address to complete his loving work of transformation that he begun in us in eternity past. I don't know about you, 
And I don't like it, but it's true. I've learned more about God in the tough times than I've ever learned about him in the easy times. And I, I don't like it. It's painful. It hurts. But it's true. And when we think about the fact that God will use the brokenness of this world to work in us and bring us to completion, all my mind can think about is, wow, that's grace. So here's, here's a one, two-sentence thought. If you take nothing else with you tonight, take this. When life is messy and hard, that is not a failure of God's plan. It is the plan. It's God working to complete his work in you. That's some heavy stuff. But that's truth that God has been trying to teach me my whole life. And I know I, I don't perfectly get it. And I pray that, you know, the Lord may the future lessons just be a little less harsh, but I have to ultimately say, you've got to do your work. And whatever it takes, I'm willing to follow you and stay with you and stick by you and your people. And accept their encouragement and their exhortation and their involvement and, and everything else. And it's hard. It's hard. But God is good. And God is faithful. And God is a God of grace. Whether we think he is at times or not. He's still God. Father, we thank you for the tough times in our life when you teach us lessons that if we look back in, in hindsight and with spiritual maturity, understand that that was the only way we were going to learn it. And we look back and we see even though at the time we felt abandoned and alone and angry, we look back and, and we see your hand. We understand that you were there, you were with us, you brought people into our lives to encourage us and to walk with us and to help us. Father, as long as we have days on this earth, we ask that you deal with us in your grace and in your mercy. And we know that you will always complete the work that you have begun and each one of us for our eternal good and for your present and eternal glory. We just ask you to help us and understand and strengthen in those times when we are just so overwhelmed with life 
that as the songwriter said, we just want to curl up in a ball and die. We thank you for your love that is ever present, that is demonstrated to us through all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.